If you're lucky enough to be at a point in your life where you live somewhere comfortably, chances are that you consider your home to be a haven or a safe space. Most of us retreat to our homes when we want a break from the world or just a place to rest in the evening. It is the place where we unwind, put on our pajamas, and spend time with those closest to us, away from prying eyes. It is often said that home is where the heart is. But that isn't always true at all. Sometimes, home is where the body is. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss some fairly recent property news regarding an Atherton estate. A mansion whose most recent owner made an interesting discovery when having work done on the land. Some secrets just don't stay buried. The estate in question is worth $15 million, which is certainly no small number to most of us. Forbes has Atherton listed as America's most expensive zip code, with some properties passing $100 million in value. And if there's one thing that we can always count on with people who have way too much money, it is generally questionable ethics and shady dealings. However, the current owner is not the one in question here. They are just the one that made the discovery. While doing some work on the property, their team unearthed a buried vehicle. A vehicle filled with concrete. For obvious reasons, this caught some attention. Police were called in to check out this vehicle. It was fairly old, and police suspect that it had been there since the early 90s. Cadaver dogs flagged the area for potential human remains, but at this time, none have been found. Still, the car is there, and it is hiding some secrets of its own. Why would someone want to bury a car, if not to hide a body? Well, the owner of the vehicle makes it pretty easy for us to find out thanks to a long list of crimes. The owner of the vehicle was Johnny Baktun Liu, the previous owner of the property until it was sold in 2014. Lou was incredibly wealthy and also had a very suspicious history. He might have been rich until his death in 2015, but some wonder just how legitimate or legal those riches were. Today, we're going to discuss Lou's many questionable interactions with the legal system and the primary theory regarding why this vehicle was buried in the first place.
One of the most interesting details about Lou, given what we know, is that before he moved back to the United States, Lou worked as a police officer in Hong Kong. He left that life behind in the late 1950s when he moved back to the U.S. But within six years of his arrival, he was serving time for killing his girlfriend and mistress, Karen Gervasi, a woman he went to school with. At the time, Lou was married to his first cousin, but he had a woman on the side. One day, Lou claimed that he and Karen were spending time together when she expressed interest in his gun. He was showing her the gun, and while she was holding it, the gun fired. She died from injuries sustained from the firing of the weapon. As suspicious as it sounds, remember that unintentional gun deaths in the U.S. are surprisingly common, especially if you have a cavalier attitude about them. The Injury Epidemiology Journal concluded that these deaths happen at four times the rate in the U.S. that they do in other high-income countries. Of course, there is also the chance that this man had a dispute with his mistress and killed her. See, at the time, it was believed that Karen was pregnant. And Lou's wife, Marguerite, had just recently discovered that he was having an affair. Weirdly enough, apparently the three of them tried to talk it out in a car at a bowling alley. It didn't go well. Marguerite reportedly made threats against her own life with a gun until Lou took it away. Now, everyone seems to say that Lou was a fairly nice and peaceful guy, not particularly prone to anger or threats or anything like that. But I think that most of us know at least one person who everyone loves that we all know is like low-key a total monster. And the gun situation seemed pretty weird too. By all accounts, Karen hated guns. She told her friends to keep them away and asked her dad not to work on them in the house. So, why would she suddenly be interested in firing Lou's gun? I decided to take this one to my boyfriend to see how such a change would flag in real life. I am personally not a guns person, so I asked him how comfortable he would say I was with guns. To which he said, not. I then asked him what he would say if someone told him that I enthusiastically asked to see and shoot a gun. He said that he wouldn't buy it, and when I explained the situation in this case, he also said that he would find it really suspicious, just like her family and friends did. Well, that evidence, combined with a few statements where people painted Lou as obsessed and claimed that he had made threats against Karen and her family, led to a conviction. Lou served three years before the courts reversed his conviction following an appeal. They said that the case was really based on hearsay and that there wasn't enough evidence to hold against him. 
I'm not here to say whether or not he did kill Karen, but this was just one of his crimes and the rest is fairly damning, so. In 1977, Lou was charged for another murder. He shot an 18-year-old girl named Marsha Dwyer and reportedly attempted to kill her father. Lou was dating Marsha, who was notably younger than him. After her murder, he fled back to Hong Kong and started living under an alias. Eventually, he was picked up by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police when he moved to Canada and tried to sign up at a university. He was sentenced to five years to life for his crimes, but I actually found the university detail pretty interesting. From what we can see, his girlfriends were all around the age that you would expect from a college undergraduate student. And a part of me wonders if maybe he was spending time in school to find these women or to be around them. Why would a criminal on the run risk being caught by enrolling at a university, right? It seems weird. I didn't really see anyone highlighting this, but I do think that it's interesting that he kept ending up with women around that age and was later caught for trying to be around more women that age. But I might just be reading into it. As you might expect, this was not the last of his crimes. Fast forward several decades, and Lou is now in his 60s. He has an abundance of money and is living in the Atherton estate. He is so wealthy that he has a yacht. And this is when he decides to follow the old saying, it takes money to make money. Lou hatched a plan to get some insurance money from his yacht. He found himself what he believed to be some proper criminals, bragging about how he was involved with the Triad, a known crime group, and that it all had to be very hush-hush or the criminals would be killed by the Triad. He offered these criminals $30,000 in cash, as well as $20,000 in gold watches. I have to say, that offer is one of the most movie criminal things that I've ever heard, but I guess it does seem like a decent deal. The criminals just had to sink his yacht, which was worth over a million dollars, to get their payout. Unfortunately for Lou, these were not your average criminals. They were federal agents. So... They didn't sink his boat. They hid it. And when they went to collect their payment after Lou returned from Hong Kong once again, they grabbed him. He was hit with several charges, including insurance fraud and terrorism because of the triad threats. And all of this brings us back to that car. The car was a Mercedes-Benz. And that Mercedes-Benz was reported as stolen back in the 90s. It was reported stolen by Lou, who owned the property where it was buried. 
Given everything and the fact that the cadaver dogs flagged the area, I am not surprised that police suspected a potential murder. But to me, it seems like this was one of Lou's likely many run-ins with insurance fraud. Of course, given what we know, I think it might not be a bad idea to check out the rest of the property. Who knows what other secrets have been hidden there. So, if you would like to discuss how not to commit insurance fraud, obscure reasons to bury a luxury vehicle, or whether or not that first murder was an accident, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at that pod. Thanks, guys. <laughs>